Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in my homeschool, or you'll just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we will naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it will be to live more simply. So thank you for joining me today. Today I have a topic that I've been very excited to share just about living simply and how it pertains to childhood. So we're going to talk about simple childhood because let's face it, our kids are living in a world that is beyond noisy right now and beyond complicated. And so we're going to talk about how we can kind of live in this culture and keep it simple. Before I get started, I wanted to thank our podcast sponsor, Apologia. They're having a couple of exciting things I wanted to tell you about. They're having a big back-to-homeschool sale because it's that time of year, right? We're all heading back to homeschool if we're homeschoolers. Um, And right now they have items um, between 25 and 90% off. They've also just opened an outlet center. Isn't that exciting? Um, which is where they have clearance items for almost under $8. So honestly, even if you're not a homeschooler, you're going to benefit from this because there's a lot of great resources from authors like Sally Clarkson, Zan Tyler, Rachel Carmen. They are amazing encouragers of women. So check that out. They also have um, beautiful worldview resources, including the Eyewitness series for under $5. So please visit Apologia.com. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast, Apologia. Please go over there and check out their stuff. So let's talk about simple childhood. Do you remember the days when you were younger? I mean, we all kind of can have that nostalgia and say, back when I was younger, it was, you know, so much simpler. Things were so much better. You know, we sort of idealize that. So I don't don't want to kind of make light of it and say, oh, this, you know, back when we were younger, because I think every generation, when you're in that generation, it's complicated, right? When we were little, we didn't think we were living in the simple times, only compared to now we do. Um, And I'm sure even back in Little House on the Prairie days, they weren't sitting around saying, boy, this is the most simple time, right? It felt complicated to them then. Whatever time you are living in at that time is all you know. But what I'm thinking is, right now in our culture, I mean, as adults, we struggle, right? As adults, we have issues with just um, trying to stay focused and not distracted. It's a noisy, noisy world that we live in. Um, And with technology and things just constantly moving at a faster pace, it's hard for us to kind of focus and remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus, and to focus on not letting distractions kind of hinder us from living out our our life with intention and with purpose. So, you know, it's hard enough for us and we have to model for our children and we have to sort of set the atmosphere for our children. Um, and you know, sort of help them not to get sucked into this crazy time that we're living in. Um, and to keep it simple, you know, it makes me so sad to see the amount of, um, 
pressure society puts on families nowadays to sort of have these perfect idealized moments or these perfect idealized homes or these perfect idealized families. I was just thinking about this today, um, and I was thinking about it pertaining to homeschooling, but honestly, it can pertain to anything. You know, when I first began homeschooling, um, and many of you know this story, you may hear, I'm going to stop for a second. You may hear we're having a downpouring storm right now out my window. Um, so I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but a little summer storm passing through and there's a, down, a downpour going on. Um, so anyway, back when I began homeschooling um, 13 years ago now, we really didn't have any idea what we were getting into. And if you haven't heard this story, you can go back in the archives and I'll link it in the webpage for this episode to the unlikely homeschooler episode. You can hear the entire story. Plus, I've told the story many times before, but just real quick, if you don't know, I never intended to homeschool, but I felt that God was calling me to homeschool. So I took this leap of faith having really no idea what I was getting into. So I hadn't read any blogs about homeschooling. I hadn't seen any Instagram accounts because there wasn't any yet back then about homeschooling. There was no Pinterest photos. Um, You know, there was a few books. I read a few books from the library about homeschooling. Um, But when I made the decision, it was fully because God was calling me to do it. And any of the ideas or the ideals or the standards that I was sort of wanting to set in our homeschool at that time came strictly from the Bible and from what I felt that God wanted for our family. So I didn't have, it's hard to even imagine living that way now, not having like the visual saturation of media in our faces all the time showing me what a homeschool family should look like, or the constant bombardment of articles and books and things like that. So if you can imagine living in a world where you're stepping out in faith to kind of answer a calling and to live a lifestyle and to um, to walk forth on this journey for your family, but you don't really have any idea what it's going to look like. So it's hard to imagine that now, but I I wasn't stepping out after I had seen Instagram accounts of beautiful homeschools or I had seen, um, you know, Pinterest photos or I had read about this ideal homeschooling family. I didn't really know much about it. And so when I fast forward a few years into our journey and I think about how much the effect of all that stuff had on my homeschooling journey, how in a few years when Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and all that stuff, um, and I became involved actually in the homeschool writing community, um, all that stuff started to infiltrate my, uh, my view of what it should look like on our journey. And I say all that to say that that's, you know, the same thing of what it can be like just in parenting. We feel like it should look a certain way, right? Oh my goodness. If parenting was supposed to look like an Instagram photo, you know, those staged photos, um, it would be quite different, right? So we have these sort of ideals of what it should be like. um, And we sort of have these visions that are not given to us necessarily from God, but from the world. And I even remember back when I was um, becoming a mother for the first time, 
and I was pregnant with Grace, and, you know, we did the whole baby registry thing, and um, everybody would say back then, uh, I remember in particular one woman who was an older mom, you know, experienced mom saying to me, we didn't have all these things when my kids were growing up, and, you know, we didn't have all these gadgets and gizmos and things and baby registries, and you know, I sort of dismissed it. And now I look back and I think, wow, we didn't have all these things, you know, back when my kids were younger, I was having babies. And it's so true. It's like every generation just, we add more and more and more to what we think we need. And we add more and more to what, um, that picture of what we think it's supposed to be like. I can't imagine being a new mom now in this day and age and being bombarded with photos of like babyhood and thinking it's supposed to look you know, like an idealized photo or, you know, reading the abundance of information now would probably paralyze me if I was a new mother. Um, we didn't have blogs and things like that back then. So, um, you know, I read my little baby books that I got at the library and that was plenty. Plus, you know, all that, um, well-meaning advice from strangers. So, I can't even imagine. Um, So as we go on, I feel like childhood becomes more and more complicated because of the standards that society kind of sets on us, Um, that we need all these things in order to give our children an ideal childhood. What is an ideal childhood? Is it supposed to be easy and beautiful and carefree? Is that what I mean when I say simple childhood? When I say simple childhood, are you just picturing that I'm like saying it's supposed to be, you know, beautiful and carefree? Not necessarily. It's more about, as I always say when we talk about living simple, focusing on keeping the main thing the main thing. And I believe that a simple childhood is a childhood that is raising our children to be focused on Jesus and getting rid of all the fluff and the clutter that distracts us from what our main purpose is in raising our children. We are raising disciples. We're not staging a photo for childhood. We are raising disciples. It's about so much more than what society makes us think. You know, I remember when I was... um, back having that baby, you know, and I said we were registering and stuff like that. And I had the thought at one time, and this is way before Simply Living for Him or any of that kind of stuff. But I remember back then thinking, gosh, it's almost like when you go to um, the baby store and you see all these things and, and people talk about all the stuff. And I remember thinking, it's like the whole purpose of having a baby is almost getting lost. It's become about like all the accessories that go with having a baby and all the stuff. And I, I mean, I fell into the trap. I can't even tell you how I agonized over the perfect color stroller. And oh my goodness, did I agonize over the perfect diaper bag. Are we looking at the accessories that come with these children or are we focusing on this huge task that we have ahead of us to raise children in the Lord, to raise disciples, to expand his kingdom by raising disciples that are then going to go out and they're going to expand the kingdom and their their children will go out and expand the kingdom. Like, are we looking at the big picture or are we looking at the worldly view of the stuff and the perfect photo? You know, childhood has become these days so not just on the visual, like, you know, we want it to look a certain way and we want all the the kids' outfits to look just so and um, we want, you know, this picture-perfect life. But childhood has become complicated in that we almost feel like we're raising these little adults. They're going to have time to be adults later. They are not little 
adults. They need rest and downtime, not to say adults don't, but you know, (laughs) the kids especially, we have them, somebody, I think I mentioned this in my last podcast episode, so if you didn't hear it, I'm going to tell real quick again. Somebody I was speaking to recently was telling me how um, busy their summer schedule was and how they had, you know, their regular um, public school family. And in the summertime, they have booked practically every week with summer camps for their children. And she was saying, you know what? I'm just so tired. It's, and the kids are tired and they're not happy. And every day we're running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And she was like, but I felt like I had to fill up the calendar because I looked at it and there was nothing to do for a few weeks. So I had to fill it up because that's what everyone does. And I looked at her and I went, mm, not this everyone. I don't do that. I look at a calendar of three weeks or so empty and I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> Let's get outside and play with the chickens. Let's go outside and ride our bikes. Let's go outside and eat ice pops and play in the sprinkler. I mean, it's summer. They're children. Children learn better when they're rested. They learn better when they are left to themselves sometimes to use their imagination to, um, to sit and be still and, you know, be in nature, you know, what good is it? How can we treat, uh, how can we have our children live in a world where they will see their creator if we are so busy trying to create their world for them? Think about that for a minute. We're so busy trying to create this idealized world for them. They need to see their creator. They need to know they are a child of God. They need to see God out there in nature. They need to see God in the still, quiet moments when they're with themselves. Kids don't have time to be with themselves when they're being rushed from camp to camp to camp or activity to activity to activity. I remember as a child like sitting out in my yard and just like, and we didn't live in the country, but we had a yard, you know, and like playing in the grass or, you know, doing cartwheels or roller skating or whatever it was. And I remember I would just think a lot, you know, and and think to myself about all different things. And then there were times where I would make up all kinds of imagination activities and games with my brain, you know, I was just sitting there doing these things or having a friend over and, and, and just playing without any elaborate stuff. And I think that gets lost nowadays because we think we have to create this schedule for them and create this perfect idealized world to keep up with the Joneses. When I've often said, I am not living to keep up with the Joneses, but to keep up with God. He is the one that I'm living for, not what society tells me to do. Um, And yet we're trying to, I mean, parents, we mean well. Of course we mean well. We're not trying to harm our children. We have their best interests at heart. But I think if we went back to the Bible and we prayed and we spent time with the Lord and we sought Him first when we make decisions in our family or we sought Him first when we want to know what our child's childhood should look like, I think it would be very different than trying to keep up with society and trying to plan the perfect vacation, the perfect summer memories. You can't plan perfect summer memories. They just happen. 
They just happen. For instance, the other day we were, um, the, my three boys and I, completely unplanned on Sunday afternoon, my daughter and my husband were out for the day and we were sitting outside and what started out with me just sitting and enjoying the beautiful day we had, we had like a little tent canopy thing out there and I was sitting in the chair and I said, boys, come join me. It's so beautiful. We started talking. Next thing I knew, we were reminiscing about all these wonderful memories like, oh, remember when you guys were little and we did this and that. And we started, you know, getting some ice pops and sitting out there longer and eating ice pops and just talking and laughing before we knew it, like hours went by. I didn't plan that. I didn't say this afternoon, we're going to sit outside and go down memory lane and we're going to have ice pops and we're going to sit in the tent and we're going to enjoy the beautiful day. It just happened. And that was almost the beauty of it. And I even said to them afterwards, boy, did I enjoy that time? Like, I just enjoyed being with you guys. We had nothing else to do. There was no like looking at my watch, time to go. I don't have a watch. Looking at my phone, (laughs) time to go. We got to move on. It was just being in the moment, enjoying each other, enjoying relationship, being surrounded by, you know, our creator. But those kinds of moments are not something I can write down on a planner. They're not something I can um, try to say I want to, you know, have as part of our goal this summer is we're going to make a moment in the tent. It just happened. But we won't be able to have moments like that if we're constantly living our summer on such a busy schedule and becoming tense because we're running late or we need to, you know, go from this place to that place. And that's what this one woman that I was speaking to recently said to me. She said, it's like we're just going from one activity to the next to the next. And she said, and nobody's happy. So I think that that sentiment is echoed in many families in America right now. You know, we have these ideas that summer should be simple and it should be for fun and it's about childhood, but we cave into the pressure when we see everybody else is so busy and everybody else is doing all the camps and the activities. And I think we're fearful. We're like, well, what if we don't have anything to do? What will the kids do? And I'm just going to say this. I think selfishly for us moms, we feel like, oh, well then I'm going to have to keep them busy. You know, and I'm just saying that because I've been there. I've I've totally felt that way, um, especially as a homeschool mom, and we're together with our kids all the time. <laughs> you know, you sort of feel like, what about me? When do I get me my me time? And I think maybe if you're a mom who has your child in school all year round, you you have even more so a fear of what will you do because you're just not used to it. So either way, it's a perfectly normal feeling to have. But not saying it's it's okay to stay there. I think those feelings are normal, but we should say, you know what, how can we enjoy the time we have? And how can we be good stewards of the time we have together? Is it being a good steward of the time we have together if we're constantly filling it up with other things? Are those things fruitful or are they just making everybody feel rushed and busy and tired? But we look like a good family because we're busy, right? So I think it's really important to to evaluate your summer schedule and the use of your time. And I think it's really important to remember that when you have holes in your schedule or when you have weeks without something, you know, formal for the kids to do, 
let those moments, that's where the moments and the memories happen. And, and kids need that downtime, especially if they're in school all year round. Again, they're not mini adults. Like people will say, well, they need to learn that, you know, in real life and if you're working someday, you may not be getting summers off, but they're not adults. They are children. They're not many adults. They will learn that as they mature and grow and get older. An infant has different needs than a preschooler. A preschooler has different needs than an elementary schooler. An elementary schooler has different needs than a teenager. And a teenager has different needs than an adult. We're all working towards something. But at each stage, there are different needs. So we can keep it simple. We can be okay with having a schedule that isn't so packed. Um, and, you know, when, and I'm not just talking about like summer, but how else can we keep childhood simple when it comes to um, toys and things and clutter? Oh my goodness, are we living in a culture right now that feels that the more kids, the kids who have the most are best off, right? And we all know that's not true. We all know that when you give kids stuff, what do they play with? The box, (laughs) right? The babies. Or how quickly the novelty of stuff wears out. If we want to raise really healthy, grateful adults that are good stewards of their time and money, we need to teach them that at an early age. And if they're always getting things, then as they're getting older, they're going to always want more and more things. We can start really early teaching them to store their treasure in heaven and not on earth. Teaching them that, yes, we can enjoy things. Yes, we can have things. I'm not saying children have to have no toys and nothing. But we can teach them because I think they know it already. I don't even think we have to teach them. I think we have to just um, work with their nature. I think kids naturally are perfectly content with very little, right? Think about the baby who just plays with the spoons and the wooden spoons in the pots or the box, right? It's when we start giving and giving and giving and, and, and we do it. I mean, I did it. I still do it sometimes, right? You're in the store. Oh, I'll buy you something to make you happy. If you're just quiet, I'll buy you something, right? Or we reward with stuff all the time. Maybe if we didn't reward with material things and we rewarded with mm, mommy and you, you know, mommy and, and you will go out on a date or we'll spend some time going for a walk, you know, and and not always rewarding with material things. But we sort of foster that, um, that idea of wanting more or putting our happiness in stuff because, I mean, our society right now cultivates that. Our society um, fosters us to covet. Our society actually glorifies coveting, which is a sin. It's breaking a commandment because our society is constantly showing us pictures of things that we should want. And what does that do? It makes us covet and it makes us sin and break a commandment. But society doesn't see it that way because we're not living necessarily in a society full of believers. Um, But even believers can fall into that trap, right? Of coveting and wanting. And so if we could teach them from an early age that we don't, and again, I don't even want to say teach because I feel like that's already in them. They are perfectly content um, with very little. And if we can kind of nurture that and not 
kind of um, steer them away from that by constantly giving them things. You know, this year we're so excited. We're going on a big family vacation um, next month, and we're really excited to take a vacation that doesn't involve speaking or working or anything. So we're really excited about that. Um, And so one of the huge pressures that's off and one of the things I'm really looking forward to is that we said this is going to this is an expensive trip and this is going to be um your christmas present so yes you'll probably get a few little things on christmas morning but we also made a really cool idea recently that when we go on our trip the four kids like sometimes not sometimes the past few years we've done a grab bag at christmas where they each draw a name and then they pick for their sibling This time we said each of the siblings, we're going to do a grab bag before our trip, and they will each buy a little souvenir, you know, like $10 or under or whatever, um, from the trip for the sibling that they choose to give them on Christmas morning. So rather than Christmas morning being about big gifts and um, we'll, we'll have our grab bag where they can be very excited to then kind of relive their trip at Christmas time because they'll get a souvenir from our trip in September. But Steve and I are not going to have the stress this year of what do we get, everybody? You know, who needs what? Or what are we going to get? What are we going to get? Honestly, I'm so excited that I don't have the stress this year of buying gifts. You know, maybe if I see a little thing here or there, I see something they need, I'll tuck it away. But we want Christmas morning. I was like telling the kids, what can we do Christmas morning that... This year is going to be different because we're going on our trip and that's our big present. And I was thinking we'll have a big breakfast, you know, we'll sit around the table, they'll open their little gifts from each other from the trip and maybe reminisce about our trip. Hopefully it'll be a good trip. Um, But I'm really looking forward to that simplicity, not just on Christmas morning, but the whole Christmas season without like being stressed about what gifts I'm going to get. For the children. So again, I think if we could remember that kids are inborn with being, I feel like, content um, with very little and appreciative of what's around them, then we can we can help them not to grow up with a cluttered house, right? Because they're not putting all their happiness into stuff, into things. So that is another way to keep it simple. You know, we can slow down. I, society is so fast-paced, but it's not helping our children in any way. In fact, it's only causing children that are anxious, and it's unhealthy. And if we as adults are anxious, and we're feeling constantly stressed and too busy and anxious or bombarded with stuff or all these things, think about our poor children, because they don't have the coping mechanisms at all. So if we're having trouble dealing with it, imagine for them. And if you're looking at the big picture, because we are raising disciples, raising Jesus followers, raising adults, right? We don't want to teach them that this is what life is about, that we're busy people, that we're always stressed out, we have too much stuff, we're always trying to declutter, right? What are we teaching our children? So we have the opportunity now as adults, if you're struggling with a cluttered house, if you're struggling with a cluttered schedule, if you're uh, struggling with keeping it simple, right? You have the opportunity now to kind of break that and raise your children differently and to have them focused on what's most important. You know, 
have them focused on doing things in the community, on serving others, on, you know, enjoying the simple things like sitting outside in the hammock and reading a book or laying in the grass and looking at the clouds or using your imagination to make up a game. You don't even need a board game or a game. Use your imagination and make up a game, right? Kids are so naturally good at that stuff. But what do we do? We go out and we buy them things that we think they need to keep them entertained. Kids are perfectly good at entertaining themselves if we let them. And then there's technology. Oh, that's a whole nother episode for a podcast. How do we keep it simple when our culture is bombarding us with technology? Listen, I'm right there with you. Our family has the same struggles of, you know, saying we're not going to let this happen to our family. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh no, we might have to fix some things or we might have to undo some things, you know, technology creeps in for all of us. And how do we keep it simple? Like I said, that's a whole nother podcast episode, but I would touch on it a little bit now. I would say, as I always say when it comes to technology for adults and screen time and internet time, it's a matter of self-control. It is not technology's fault if we struggle with technology. And that's plain and simple. It's a matter of self-control and self-control is a fruit of the spirit. And if we're walking in the spirit and not in the flesh, we have a hundred percent ability to not struggle with technology because we will have self-control. So the number one thing to do for us as adults is to say, I want to walk in the, uh, the spirit and not in the flesh and Holy spirit. I can't do this. All I, I'm struggling with the internet. I'm struggling with technology. I'm struggling with screen time. And, and giving that over and asking for help with that. And then that's a, a role model for your children. Now, children may not have that ability to sit there and say, I want to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, right? But this is something you're teaching them. I mean, they perfectly, of course, have the ability to do that. But I'm saying maybe their, their, their walk isn't um, mature. And they're, we could be talking about real little kids here, right? But this is what we're training. So... Number one is modeling that self-control for them. And number two is since they may not be able to do that yet, we will have to set boundaries and we will have to set limits and stick to them. I don't see why we can't say you are allowed to use the computer on the weekends only or you are allowed to use the computer only from 6 to 7 o'clock at night. Um, or you are allowed to, and there's thunder. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but that summer storm is coming through. Um, you are allowed to, you know, watch this program on TV or whatever from four to five. We say, oh, but we can't, we certainly can set those limits. Every generation has their problems. Every generation has their struggles. Generations before didn't have to struggle with the the technology and the things that we have, but we absolutely have to deal with it and recognize that it's there and how do we live with it? Because technology isn't going anywhere. I mean, tomorrow where you're not going to wake up and there's going to be like a news flash that the internet shut down. It was just a fad and it's gone. It's not going anywhere. In fact, it's probably just going to keep getting worse. I would absolutely monitor your child's time. I mean, this is like I said, a whole other podcast episode. Monitor your child's time, exactly know what they're doing on a screen, and set limits and set boundaries. You are the parent. 
you have every right to do so. And there should be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And you can limit screen time. So that's, I mean, that's one way to keep it simple right there. Again, another episode totally to, t- to tackle the um, social media aspect of this. But I would limit in the summer screen time as much as you can because we are blessed in the summertime that God has created this season where we can be outside. We can get out there in nature. You know, in wintertime, you might have to change the rules a little bit. If you live in an area like I do where it snowed all winter <laughs> last year. But you know what? In the winter, sometimes movies and things like that, snuggle time, that's wonderful. But right now, there was a, a summer, and this is a rule you can implement. I didn't implement it this year. Um, just didn't. But there is a rule that I had one year that was, if the sun is out, the screens are off. If the sun is out, you are not plugged in. You are to plug in outside to that sunshine. If it's raining or, you know, it's a day where you can't be outside because the weather is poor, then we'll talk about being on technology. If the sun is out, don't even ask me about it. And that was the rule. And you know what? When you stick with these things, it just becomes natural. It just becomes part of your family's boundaries. So that's the most important thing, too, is to stick with it. So I hope that helps a little bit with, um, you know, social media. Like I said, I I definitely want to tackle that subject on a future podcast episode because that will take maybe even a (laughs) two-parter. That will take a whole lot. So how do you guys keep it simple? I would love to hear you. Like, what is... What is um, your way of sort of keeping your child a little bit protected from this culture that we live in that I feel is anything but simple? You know, um, my son just joined the 4-H this year, and we're so thrilled for that. We've never done 4-H before, and he just joined the 4-H. And I think it's going to be wonderful for him to, you know, really be involved in something, you know, not anything to do with technology. It's His is called um, the Hardcore Homesteaders. So it's all about homesteading and um, learning, you know, all the different aspects of homesteading and farming. So it's about gardening and animal keeping and um, canning and preserving and, um, you know, all those different aspects. And, and a lot of those things are lost on our society these days because why bother? Why bother learning about gardening when you can go to the store and buy all your stuff? Why bother raising animals when there's so many other entertaining things to do, right? Like our society is always looking for quick and easy and um, instant gratification. And I have a whole podcast episode about that as well. You can look in the archives or I'll link it in this in this episode. But, um, you know, our society is all about instant gratification. And I think there so much is lost in that because we learn in the process. Yeah, we don't have to have chickens. We could go buy eggs at the store. Right? We don't have to have a garden. We can go buy the food. But I feel like there's so much to learn. My kids know so much more, I have to say this, than I did as a kid. That I didn't even know how to plant a plant as a 20-year-old. I had no idea how to grow a plant. Like, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I was thinking of that recently. My kids know so much about... Um, so many things that I just didn't know growing up. So, you know, especially about chickens and uh, gardening and stuff like that. But no matter what your family is into, there's something about, you know, doing hands-on stuff. And that can really help 
you to simplify your child's childhood because they don't get caught up in um, that instant gratification. My kids, I see the boys especially, are in, they enjoy the process of making something. They enjoy the process of learning that comes with having a little hobby farm. And so there's something to be said for that, to slow down and enjoy the simple. And things that are easy aren't necessarily simple, right? Like, sure, it's simple to go to the store and buy eggs, but there's something about seeing the process of how all that works. I'll never forget when we had that very first egg, when our chickens laid their very first egg, we were screaming, we were so excited. And I was like, we did it. Like we got those little baby chicks from when they were born and they're doing what God made them to do. And we did it. Like we raised them. We didn't hurt them. (laughs) And they're, and to watch them do what God created them to do was so cool. That was more gratifying, I feel like, than winning any video game. So if you want to keep it simple, really focusing on sometimes things that are, you know, a process. Because it took, how long to have those eggs? I don't even remember now. Six, eight months or something? I mean, talk about, it's no instant gratification when you get a baby chick and you want them for eggs. You have to build the coop, raise the chickens, you know, do all that stuff, research, because we didn't know what we were doing. And then the amazing gratification of that first egg was so incredibly exciting. And nothing's better than seeing how your creator has created this world and seeing, oh, he created chickens and he created them to lay eggs and they're doing what he created them to do. So like I said earlier, how can they see their creator if we are always trying to create the perfect world for them? Remember that. Let them see their creator. Let them enjoy the simple. Let them live their childhood as children and not little adults. I hope this episode encouraged you on simple childhood. And like I said, I want to hear from you. I want to know, what are you doing to keep it simple for your children? Are you stressed out and feeling like it's so complicated and you can't keep up with the culture? I want to hear from you. So comment on the blog post, comment on um, the Facebook page or Um, Instagram or wherever you are seeing this uh, podcast episode. Um, If you're listening on iTunes, I would love it if you could rate and review that podcast because that just helps me get my message out there to more people. If you're following me on Instagram or if you're not following me on Instagram, go over there. I've been really enjoying using Instagram stories um, to show little snapshots and tidbits of our life here. Um, you know, just real life uh, little snapshots. And I've been enjoying that and connecting with you guys over there. So if you're not on Instagram, go follow. I mean, if you aren't following me on Instagram, go follow me over there at Simply Living For Him. Um, On the Facebook page at Simply Living For Him. And of course, you can find the podcast um, all over the internet on iTunes and Google Play and uh, SoundCloud. And right there on the blog at Simply Living For Him. So thank you again for listening. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.